Radio. My name is Super Pig and Brian. I'm joined by David Thee. Hi, everybody. And I can't think of a nickname. Oh, thank God. But maybe I could stole this one if I think really hard about it. <laughs> everybody coming at you from sunny Southern California. If you are anywhere near this area, you would know just how absolutely silly that is right now. Or have you recovered, David? Yeah, we're good. And if you want to see <laughs> David's groans uh, and facial expressions of my bad <laughs> jokes, you can do so at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio, where we post the... I actually paused because I thought I got it wrong, but I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> where we post the video of these podcasts. Uh, so, and um, one day, I'll do a face reveal. <gasps> And you'll wish you were there. You'll wish you were there. <laughs> it 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 might not surprise you too much when when you see that the 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 artwork is pretty accurate. <laughs> pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. Not gonna lie. Brian, are you wearing a Fight Club T-shirt? I am. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was, is my. I was trying to figure out where that was from. I got it now. Yeah. Okay. This is my sleep-in T-shirt because it's I... a double X and it's like it's comfy, nice. big. Yeah. If you want to see the shirt that Brian's wearing, check us out on Patreon. Yeah, it says Paper Street Soap Company on it, and it's just the logo from Tyler Durden's business card from the movie. Um, I, I've been a super fan of that movie for years. Love it. Long-time listeners are well aware of that fact, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great movie. It's a really great movie. It is. And it's not about what you think. I find that real. I find it very funny, the amount of, like, just dudes who got into that movie, and it's just like, yeah, this movie's making fun of you, right? Yeah, it's a movie that's condemning tox- toxic ma- masculinity, not yep. celebrating it. And, they got, and, it, and I just got fully embraced by them. Yeah. I I think it's because the movie really addresses the cause, and it and a lot of people, like, it touched something in them where it was like, yeah, I feel that way, too. Okay, um, well, well, there's also this other thing, too, hmm. so I, I'm going to get a little touch into the political realm, okay? If you need to well, it's just advice. not. The but, okay. It never it's, it's is a, just it's a, a touch. It's a research. It's a research thing. It was research done. <sighs> I'm going to regret let's this. Say, let's say that there was research found that certain people of certain political leanings have a difficult time noticing, um, what's the word? Um, noticing satire? parody. Noticing parody and satire. So... There are certain people of certain political leanings who didn't know, like, Stephen Colbert was putting on a show of being a conservative. Oh, and making fun of it? Like, like they thought he was legit, because there's research showing that certain political leanings, and they it's have a not... difficult time noticing parody and satire. And it's not all people in those political leanings. It, because I... It's not all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it, because I think back when... Um, when Stephen Colbert was out, my 
my political identifiers were very different, but <laughs> the um, they've changed and progressed a lot. And I use the word progressed on purpose. Very cheeky of you. Yeah. Um, I... Um, I have been talking about politics a lot. I, I, you know what? I, I have the reputation of being the anti-political podcaster on this show because of what we try to drive as the brand of Nerd Podcast Radio. But yeah, and it and it does drive voices. I do agree. No, but I, I have, I have, we have to make certain stances. yeah, and I have, well, we're, you know, we're the nerd culture show where nerd culture does intertwine with socio-political context, so we can't avoid it completely, and I understand that, but I, you know, I have a group of friends that I talk about politics with per- pretty periodically. Um, I do, I am a head sand barrier person when it comes to current events, though, just because I prioritize my mental health. I understand how sand, head sand burying doesn't help anybody other than me. So I try to stay as aware as possible, and I use my I use my support structure to make sure I can do that health healthily. Yeah, um, so, you know what? I totally respect that decision. Yeah, one hundred percent. I wish I could do that. Yeah, I I don't do the 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 rabbit hole of content that you go down for sure. Ooh, ooh. Don't recommend, guys. Don't yeah, recommend. maybe maybe one of these days we'll we'll do some candid pre-show stuff for Patreons because you know we we have some we usually have some conversations before and after the show that we don't record, but you know that that would be one hundred percent optional because we could probably get pretty crazy. It's your <laughs> nerd podcast radio. Today's conversation was spicy, guys. It was spicy, guys. I'm not gonna lie. It was- today um yeah it it not to tease i'm sorry to tease but it was we were talking about some current events that i was curious about um we're we we don't have a topic today i think our topic is going to lean towards franchise movie culture maybe or something similar or oh is that what you want to talk about okay i don't know it i i kind of felt like that conversation would turn into i don't like marvel i like marvel and i mean you know but whatever we could talk about movies or pop i don't know well you know that's what we do when we don't have a topic planned but we will talk about that during the topic portion of the show but first uh you don't have the recording set all right hold on (laughs) but first we're going to play everyone's favorite game what's nerdy with you where we talk about the nerdy things we've done over the past couple weeks and then we vote using matt Mike Myler's patented widget. I would have lost it it if you'd done an impression of Erica there. (laughs) My voice doesn't go that high. But first, we're going to play everybody's favorite game. What's (laughs) nerdy with you? You're going to get so mad. (laughs) If I talk that high, I have to. Well, good God. You know, if I I do that, though, I I don't like to. You know, if I'm going to talk at a falsetto, I shouldn't do an impression of Erica. I should do tiptoe through the window by the window. I don't no. know. I don't care. I, I, I think we'll be okay. Uh, Stolas, I'm not that worried about Disney listening to our show. <laughs> I, the song is much older than that. I know. But they're the ones that we're going to care if anyone would. Yeah. The um it, it it's I mean, we could argue that it's fair use. We're making jokes. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so nerdy Better stuff. Parodied so much, anyways. But I'll but first, damn it! But first, of, I'll do it in the order of intro. Um, all right, I guess I'll go first then. Right? Sounds good. Okay. Uh, let's see. What's nerdy? With, oh well. Uh, last first, weekend. What's nerdy with you, David? Yay! Thank you, Stolas. Um. I was at Strategicon last weekend, which was President's Day weekend, and uh, got to play some minis games, got to play some Pathfinder. It was a lot of fun. I'm jelly. That sounds so fun. Oh, it was great. Uh, I wish I could have gone. Next one's in uh, May. My question is, um, three years after the pandemic, what's it like there? It's almost back to normal. Cool. It's almost business as usual. Attendance is up. Uh, the hotel sold out. So. Are there any new games that are like really like people are really like talking about? I haven't heard any, but there was a big tournament for uh, uh, terraforming Mars at the con. That was a big one. Um, I don't know. I was playing minis most of the time. So when I wasn't playing minis, I was playing Pathfinder. <laughs> See, it would have been fun to go, but like, okay, so you should have known in May. I don't know if I'd be able to afford it because. So I got my tax return, and I got a good amount of money. Yay, oh, kid. But, I got screwed on mine, so. But a lot of my money just got taken away from me because I had to go to the dentist and I had to get four teaspoons. Ow. So, and I had to, and I'm paying for, like, these new, like, special dentures or, uh, no, partial retainer. So, like, all together, it's going to cost me, like, over $2,000. So. Yeah, dental work is uh, not cheap. And I'm, with I'm... insurance. I know. I got problems I've been putting off getting taken care of because they're going to be expensive. I reflexively looked at my teeth in the camera and then realized that the ring light whitens them and it's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you were able to go, Dave. That sounds so fun. That yeah, was a lot of fun. I'm uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to May. Did you play 40K or what minis game did you play? No, I played, uh, I did a Napoleonic battle on Saturday. Um, the oh, French, that's new. Yeah, the French were uh, attacking the uh, Prussians and the uh, the Austrians. And uh, we were supposed to wipe them from the field sure, right. and the... Sorry, it was it was the Prussians and Russian troops that were against the French that particular battle. I don't remember where it was supposed to take place. Somewhere in Turkey. Not Waterloo. No, we were not fighting Waterloo. I was like, that's not Waterloo. The um, I think it's funny that that's the first battle you think of. <laughs> the one at the end of the war. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, so well, it's who, the most famous one because it's the whole first time he lost yeah, yeah which side one. were you playing as uh, i was on the french um were there multiple people playing the french yeah we had eight people playing four on each side because i could imagine that in order to properly demonstrate napoleonic strategies you'd need like five to eight people to plan we had them. we had four people on each side we were taking turns by command that were drawn randomly from card stacks so best laid plans only go you know if you have an entire attack coming in but the right wing doesn't get called till the very end of the turn the your attack's gonna stall because the right wing's not gonna go anywhere <laughs> i read a yeah, very great book on napoleonic strategy i love napoleonic mm. strategy there's some cool yeah. stuff i don't know enough about it my most of my tactical knowledge is all based around civil war combat so i don't know the polionic strategy very well. i have like i know next to nothing what to do with cavalry lots of um lots of dividing the dividing the forces and doing yeah. flankings and pinchers and yeah and it's a lot of just rapid movement that you have to i, I just i don't know how to run cavalry in these games very well and it's i'm trying to get better but I don't, I don't, I don't make right decisions, so I end up in pro with problems. <laughs> Generally, I just stay away from running them and run and run uh, the ground troops because it's easier. Yeah, I heard those historic mini games are pretty like like good like like uh, 
manufacturing. They are. Like, uh, like the tools and, the, and everything that goes into them are like really like they really dial them in. Yeah. Well, the idea is, is to make the rules as close of an approximation as you can to r- statistics and stuff that happened in real life. And then you just let the probability of things change. You know, you set everything up historically and you might change the tactics that are used. And then you have factor in luck with die rolls and it's different every time. Well, yeah, because you have like, yeah, you have these like warners to like know where people mess up and they can go back and be like, I think I could basically go in and be like, I think I could like redo this battle, but I think I could avoid the mistakes that they made. I did, yeah, definitely. And or there's like, well, that didn't work in history. Let's start at something else and see if it works then. Right. And yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like uh, we do it. Uh, the group I play with, they were doing Napoleonics this time. Started out doing Civil War stuff, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, oh my god! Main... Go ahead. <laughs> Stolas, go ahead. I think Brian wants to move on. No, I wasn't. Uh, I was going to go into this topic. <laughs> I think I think one of the problems, though, with these um, that you can never escape with these war games, no matter what, is there are just certain strategies that, like, you can't mimic in a game. So, like, example, like, you can't mimic how maybe somebody set up their battle, their, like, battle regiments in such a way that, like, the sun would be shining in their enemy's eyes. Like, you can't... Yeah, we don't, we don't factor in, we don't that. factor in things like that, but... Some of the right. games have, have environmental stuff. Some and, of them do. And it, cards that get played at certain, like, randomly and stuff, and... Yeah, some of them do. It depends on the game system yeah. and how detailed the rules are. The problem is, is the more detailed and the more, the more minutia you get your rules, the longer it takes to do anything and but you know some of these it is somebody can find a thing to break the napoleonic game we played we played for nine hours we did six turns wow right like example like chess is a very basic game but you know what you're not gonna find somebody who knows how to break the rules of chess like it's, it's not chess. So, it's not even about breaking them it's every single time it does to move something your move takes 45 minutes yeah, i don't sure. know i i don't know there there there's a there's a strategy with anal beads that can break the rules of chest. <laughs> this is something that you know about, right? I mean, so I tell us, I what's uh, what's nerdy with you? Hey, it's not political. This is a thing that happened that's worth talking about because chess that was brought up that someone was accused I... of using anal beads to cheat at chess. <laughs> what? I've never heard this. Okay, so I'm not going to know names. You could look this up, but here, I will look it up right now so I can share it because this is good content. So, anal beads chess. Please let that be the title of the episode. No, no, no. Oh, my God. All right, so the anal beads cheating conspiracy. The anal beads cheating conspiracy. Oh, Um, my God. Um, Hans Niemann um, from the U.S. defeated a 31-year-old world champion, Magnus Carlsen from Norway. Hans Niemann was 19, um, uh, and uh, it was a $350,000 tournament. And um, the accusations, it basically they said he cheated, but then that uh, led to um, somebody saying that he must use a vibrating sex toy with a wireless signal. How do you cheat at chess? It's chess. <laughs> Um, you, the way you cheat in a Grandmaster tournament is you use an AI. You use a chess engine. Oh, and you, okay. you okay. use okay. some kind of radio I, transmission I got to it. communicate I got it. with the to chess engine. To tell you engine. what to do. Yeah. yeah. So he was getting Morse code signals through his ass. I got it. Well, he was accused of it. Mm-hmm. And they ended up disqualifying his match, but they haven't, like, disclosed any of the evidence or anything. So it's still <laughs> real 
Yeah. Um, odds are that's not how he did it. But they basically they 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 based it on evidence that he had cheated in the past, not evidence that he had cheated in that specific match. But and the anal beads thing was just the thing that hit the news because yeah. Of course it did. I I am shocked that I'm the one that knows about this. I, yeah, I did not know. Because this sounds like so the awesome. kind of thing stolen from jump all over. Oh, no. You have given me a new fact to look into. Thank you, Brian. This is a gift. You've given me a gift. Yeah, yeah. Anal beads. This is, this is the reason why our podcast is mature is so we can bring stuff like this up. And I appreciate I, being able to do that. So, uh, I, am going, I am going to tell everybody this now. Yeah, what's that, David? What's, yeah, uh, what's nerdy with you? I'm telling okay. you. I'm telling you a hearsay-like story. I'm telling you with basic facts, so feel free to look everything up on your own. I don't think he really did this. I think it was a joke based Absolute on how chaos. he would have cheated. But, um, yeah, that, that was a whole... No, no. I mean, who that knows? He might just better. be really kinky. Who the hell knows? I mean, it's it's how I communicate with the outline during the show. So, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Wait, David, you don't you don't get Brian's anal beat messages? Am I the only one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, we need to talk to HR. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this can go down a bad place because oh, we are completely off the rails at this point. I, I know, David is like, like David is there, like, there's there's, a there's no hope of recovery. To follow there's here. no hope of recovering at this point. No Let's list. just go. What's nerdy with you? Oh no, don't even bother. <laughs> okay, um, this is the nerdiest thing ever right now. No, um, so as I mentioned the last time I was on an episode, which was probably a good while ago, I've been like looking into. Uh, moving out of state, doing home spending stuff, blah, 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 all that. Um, oh, I changed my mind. Uh, we're not going to be looking towards Colorado. We're going to be looking towards Oregon now, which apparently Brian was hinting at last time, and I completely missed those hints. So, sorry, Brian. Yeah, David, did you miss the hints, too? Because I was, I, I kept saying things like, well, you know, there's a place in the Pacific Northwest that's very supportive of tiny houses and all sorts of things like that, and Stolas is just like, yeah, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't paying that close of attention because yeah. I'm not planning on moving anywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. um, so um, speaking of but... which, before you go on, Stolas, I have a friend who I've talked to about that, and um, I have some resources coming, and I'll send your way about like co- um, commune and co-op based projects around t- tiny houses in the. Um... We we are definitely not doing co commune or co-op thing it's just gonna be me and my partner okay yeah well one of the co-op things was also like a really cool like it helps people that are unhomed get homed too so i thought you might be interested in it yeah i'll send the stuff your way regardless it's more of the people who want to do their whole like commune thing their thing in colorado and uh based on a lot of the research i've done i don't think colorado is the best place there's there's colorado is a great beautiful state but it has a lot of flaws that would make doing this kind of stuff a little different. Yeah, mainly being the 10 feet of snow that they get annually no, in some places. No, that's actually a good thing. One of the main problems Colorado has, oddly enough, is, is they have a difficult time with water. Mm. They actually don't get a lot of water. They get a little bit more than California. And if you know California, you know we do not get a lot of water. Cough, cough. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny right now as I'm driving <laughs> on the highway in the middle of a massive rainstorm. Um, no, so I guess the nerdiest thing I did this week was um, what 
what's been really interesting about the homesteading thing is since I am on the constant carousel of, of hobbies that like old people on ADHD have to deal with, there is like a never ending amount of things to look into and research and, and, and projects to make, which is really cool. Um, I was looking into like beekeeping this week and I learned that there are some really interesting hive designs for beekeeping. Um, one of the ones I, I found out about is called the Layens Hive. So the traditional hives that you see in America are called Langstroth hives. They're the ones that are like square boxes and they go up. Um, Layens hives, they're a bit more popular in Europe, are longer rectangular hives that you lay on um, horizontally. So you don't build vertically, you build horizontally. Um, and they have, basically you make like a deep rectangular box and you make deep frame called Layens frame. Um, a lot of the benefits to this is one, I guess they're better for wintering bees. They're a bit more natural to have the way bees build their hives because bees don't build vertically. They build horizontally along the tree branch. Um, and they like their combs to hang down low um, as opposed to like more like circular shape in like the, the, the small square box. Um, so I was getting really into watching doing lane sides and I thought those were really cool. That's something I want to do is I would like to do bees and honey one day. Um, another thing I got really into the last couple of weeks was, was cultivating mushrooms. Not those mushrooms, David. I saw, saw your eyes. I scratched my eyes. eyebrow. What the fuck, dude? No, <laughs> you're judging me. You're judging me. Not those mushrooms. No, I was looking at uh, cultivating things like oyster mushrooms, lion's mane, maybe reishi, um, wine cap. Apparently, you can grow mushrooms out of fucking buckets. In buckets. Come on, that's cool. You grow mushrooms in buckets, guys. Yeah, that's cool. I need a soundboard I, so I can play cricket sounds during moments like this. Why am I so much more excited than you guys? I love, I love the idea of growing mushrooms in buckets. We're letting your okay. excitement go so yeah. then we can I'm gonna, respond. I'm going to teach you guys how you can grow mushrooms in buckets. Are you okay. ready? Yes, yes, we're ready. We're, how do you grow mushrooms? But you take dead matter in a bucket. So you, so you take buckets and you buckets. grow holes in them, yes. okay? And then you get hay or straw hay. or wood chips. Okay. And you pasteurize it. So basically you boil the, the, the woody material in hot water and okay. then you let it drain and cool. And then you make layers. So you'll put like hay and then you put the, um, the, the mushroom spawn over the hay and then you put another layer of hay and then you put more spawn. More hay. You keep layering like a cake, like a mushroom cake, until you, so basically, until you have a spot. And then you close it all up, and then you just kind of put the buckets in like a shady area. Not super dark, because mushrooms do need some light, but not too much light, obviously. They're mushrooms. Um, and you just wait for them to fruit out of the holes of the bucket. What are they made out of? The buckets? Like plastic. Like, like, a, like a plastic bucket. Oh, like a plastic like, bucket. Yeah, like a five-gallon plastic bucket. You okay. put the lid on top, too. Where do you get that? Yes. No, the, the, the plastic. I mean, I guess you can go get the buckets at like Home Depot or you can get them at like restaurants. Just like you can five, get them at Home Depot? Just like a five gallon plastic bucket. Oh, like the 5,000, the five gallon kind, like the kind that you would put the, like the, you use for your, like your tools and stuff. Yeah, yeah like super buckets. basic buckets. Okay, that's changing my entire thing. So. Yeah, these so, aren't special mushroom like buckets. These are just regular buckets. Yeah, I when I hear that word, I like, think of metal. Oh, you think like a pail? Yeah. Oh, most of those are. Just, yeah, they're also called buckets, but yeah, most of those yeah, are like, galvanized. Like the, kind of, like the kind of buckets you put paint in, like just just a basic bucket. Okay. Um. All right. I've got to write down a note here. <laughs> so I've been getting into looking up on how to take care of bees and grow mushrooms. I'm probably gonna try to grow mushrooms soon. 
sounds really interesting to me. Be, and I, I like are, to eat mushrooms because they're a good source of protein for vegetarian. Can the can the two hobbies be combined together? Like, can either affect the other? Because bees don't germinate mushrooms. So, no, not, not that way, but I know how they can affect each other in sales. They can affect each other in sales in that you could, um, you because I've been thinking about this, like branding and things like that. So, a way you can do this is a lot of mushrooms are used in um, like health supplements and immunity boosters, things like that. So like a popular one would be reishi mushrooms. They're not very tasty. You don't really want to eat them, but people make like a health tea out of them. And then you can combine that with the honey, which honey has natural immunity boosters in it and also tastes good. So you could kind of mix two together of like, hey, here's my like healthy immune boosting tea made with reishi mushrooms. It tastes like shit. Add this honey to make it taste good, which also will help boost your immunity. Bam, you sold two things at once. I have reishi mushroom powder at home. Now, I want to clear something up. I am deeply interested in cultivating mushrooms and bees. The reason why I got really quiet and it didn't seem interesting is because I was sensing your excitement and wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. And that's hard to do on a single track audio podcast where if I try to ask questions, I'm going to constantly interrupt that flow of energy. (laughs) And both of us were like, okay, he's nerding out. We're waiting and listening. No, no, they're they're, they're rolling. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, they are. Germans, no, no, they're they're rolling. I learned cool things about mushrooms, too. One, pink oyster mushrooms. If you fry them in paprika, you can make them taste like bacon. Lion's mane mushrooms are a very popular replacement for lobster, crab, and shrimp in vegan dishes. Cause they taste where, like where do you grow those? In Well, okay, so oyster mushrooms do really well in the bucket. Lion's mane can do buckets, but you can also, I think you can also grow lion's mane on hay, like directly in your garden bed. Like some mushrooms okay. actually do kind of well directly in the garden bed. Um, and some actually prefer that because there are some mushrooms that prefer warm to grow. So like example, your reishi mushroom, your reishi powder, reishi prefer warm environment. So, so like, so I can't, I can't grow lion's mane using the same method. Um, you might be able to, like, I think you can grow lion's mane in buckets. I'll, I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people do. Um, where I got the idea of growing mushrooms in buckets was actually from um, these people in um, this, uh, basically this, this collection of people who are into what's known as permaculture. Permaculture is this idea of it's, it's combined the two words of permanent and culture and the idea is you're trying to work with nature you're trying to like um you're trying to do things in a more naturalistic more responsible way to the environment um a problem with traditional mushroom cultivation is a lot of people cultivate mushrooms in these very giant sterile rooms um because they don't want their mushrooms competing with other like microbes and fungi and mold. So they'll cultivate them in these giant plastic bags in like row rooms, which are like temperature controlled and humidity controlled. And yes, those create a a metric ton of mushrooms. Like it's very good for growing mass amounts of mushrooms. It's also very environmentally unsustainable because the amount of energy used to do this. And when they grow them in those rooms, when they grow them in those rooms, um, what kind of containers do they use? They use a different kind of container or... No, no, no. They 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 grow them in plastic bags. Oh, okay. Like they put the they put the um the mycelium of the mushroom in plastic bags, and they just cut holes in the bag and the mycelium fruit out of the bag. Cool. Speaking of mycelium and um other mushroom varieties, cordyceps is an interesting mushroom variety. Um, as Those mentioned, have been getting cultivated recently. 
as mentioned in the last episode, I was going to try out The Last of Us. I made it about halfway through the first episode before I lost interest. Uh, you didn't like it? I, I might. Um, I think um, Heather might have been the wrong audience for it. So uh, um, I, it felt very generic zombie show so far, and I'm sure it gets better. I, I will give it another shot. I just probably wrong time, wrong people. Yeah. I played the game, so I haven't actually watched the show yet, but I don't know how far the first episode gets. Yeah. I want to check it out. I've heard good things. I've heard it follows very closely to the storyline of the, of the game. So. Yeah, I'd heard that too. And I, I saw a little clip of a side-by-side of a scene from the show and a scene in the game. Is it the one where they're in the truck and she's looking at the nudie mag? Yeah. Yeah, it's the one that was great. <laughs> I I love how angry people got about the, the gay episode. That made me happy. Oh, God. The entire second game... Oh, whatever. <laughs> I... Like, main plot point of the entire second game, for fuck's sake. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, the same people who got mad at this episode of the show probably got mad at the game for that, too. Yeah, true. If they it's were aware the same, of the game. Yeah, it's I, probably the same people being mad. Oh, it is. It's the same 12 people every time. Yeah. And, as, and as the FCC can tell you, 12, 12 letters means 120,000 people are angry. Yeah. I love the flip in this episode where David's the one trying to keep us on track, and I'm just like, I didn't plan anything, so let's let it grind. Right? <laughs> no, I'm done. David's we're, got his I've, secret I've given up. No, we're done. Uh, that, Our that, entire episode is just going to be what's dirty with you. That, so, that kicked um, the bucket a long time ago. The mushroom bucket. <laughs> <laughs> you love me. I do. I do. Um I so mine. Um Oh yeah, Brian, what's nerdy with you? Yeah. Um so Heather and I um uh, ended up doing something unusual. Um so um this is Minecraft related. Um I was in um so I support a podcast called um uh The Spawn Chunks, which is a Minecraft podcast. And um people were mentioning this podcast called this uh, server called Casual Craft on there. And I went, What's that? And someone said, Oh, well, most Patreon Minecraft podcasts have a server that you can play on. This one doesn't because of the limitations of the people who run it. So a bunch of us made one. And uh, nice. it's, so it's the unofficial one. And I, I joined thinking, okay, that's cool. A place to play. And Complete anarchy? No. Ah. It's exactly what I wanted. It's very nice. Everyone is respectful. The rules are common sense rules. Um, they have stores. So complete anarchy. They... No. No, no. If you want complete anarchy on a Minecraft server, you want to join a server called 2B2T. Oh, I'm sorry. That was too um, good. So 2B2T. I'm glad David got my joke. Their only rule is don't intentionally lag out the server. But they allow all sorts of hacking and yeah, everything. No I mean, they're full, true anarchy server. And people who, there are people who play it. And I've watched some of these people. There are people who play it not to grief other people, but to just see how long they can survive on this place. Yeah. Um, well, when I said, oh, complete anarchy, I was talking about like the political ideology of anarchy, which is like not anti rules at all, actually. They're. Yeah, it's, you know, but I mean, it's not, it's not community come up with rules. It's rules created by the person who runs the server and the mods of the Discord. But anyway, Uh, but regardless of that, I'm new to this place. I'm not going to have commentary on them. Anyway, I, I joined and immediately got a little overwhelmed. 
because it's it looked like I was standing in one of these multiplayer servers that people play on YouTube and oh. went, oh, wow, this is a lot. So I lot, commented yeah. in the Discord and was like, I'm a little overwhelmed. And um, somebody said, oh, I've left you a present with some starter stuff and I'll give you a tour. Come on when I'm on. And we came on and I got a nice little tour. And that's why I had uh, before the show, I was telling them I had my lap, my other laptop in here switched over to use that. And I got a little tour of the server and then I told Heather about it and Heather said I want to join and I inquired and they said I get a plus one as a Patreon of the podcast and we got that all set up and uh, the neat thing about that is I had to establish a base on the server before I could invite a plus one so I literally had to like run around gathering iron and resources in order to build the things I needed to build just to get someone else on Hmm. Um, I thought that was kind of cool that I had to like dig a big branch mine to get iron in order to make a bucket to gather water to get obsidian to make a portal and to make a flint and steel so I could light the portal. The requirements of the base were a portal and a bed and a chest, which... But um, the person who invited me, like, gave me rockets and wings and, you know, like, the end game Minecraft stuff that lets it makes it easier to play the game. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, and then Heather and I, for, like, two days straight, did nothing but mine diamonds so we could go to the stores and buy stuff to, like, establish ourselves. And then for the past couple of days, we've been on a, we've been in private games and creative making bases so to plan them out so we can make them on this server. It's cool to be part of the community. The community is really cool. Um, we're like the only West Coast people we've talked to. Everyone is East Coast or Australia or Germany or Eastern Europe and um, meeting a lot of people from all over the place. I have a ritual that every morning I sign in and say good morning and then the uh, the... Uh, my Australian friend says good evening to me. And so that was cool. But this morning I went on and did a little work on, actually, I can just download this real quick. Let's see if I could do this without disrupting the show too badly. Oh, I don't know if I have discord running on my laptop here. Right. Which, okay. A little jump cut there because I paused recording. Um, I, couldn't get it in time. I didn't have Discord running on my computer, so it was doing its two of 14 updates trying oh, to get Jesus. it running so get okay. the picture. So yeah. I'll just share I'll share the images on like something like yeah. Discord or something. I um you can post I mean, it in the ho- like you can post it in the host only room. You can see it anyway. You can or, post it in the host only rooms. Yeah, I'll put it on Patreon, but I don't make it restricted for Patreon. So it, okay. like if listeners who don't aren't a patron want to see it they can but um yeah it was just a before and after picture because we made an ugly starter base and we've been sharing a starter base and Mm. um yeah it's been fun it's been neat to be part of it because we watch a lot of youtube videos of people playing minecraft and then to join a server that's very similar to the servers people to play together on youtube videos oh my god those servers are insane too yeah and this is people that like come and go and this is a no pay to win um vanilla ish you know they use a lot of the modifications a lot of people use on the servers um and the rules are don't grief other people's bases don't steal from people be nice pg language yeah Aww. it's been it's been fun i i, I like that, it i sounds i really fun. i don't like toxicity in video games so it's just nice being on and um also there's diversity in age because it's 15 to a million 
So there's, I am right now the oldest person on the server by a year, <laughs> by a year. There's another person older than me, but they're not active right now. Um, I can't say I'm one of like the three oldest people in my WoW guild. You want to so. talk about being the oldest person playing a game? My partner just got me into playing Roblox with them. I just, wa oh man, you made me twitch a little bit because I just watched a video of someone playing Roblox for the first time and was like, oh my God, how could you play that? I've never even heard of it. I have no idea what that is. It's, it's not for it, us. I, I, do, okay. I do it with my partner because they like it, and so I, it's a thing that I do with them. It's a fun thing that we do together. It's not, my, it's not a thing I will play on my own for my own entertainment. I do it because it's like, it's you know, they've, they've joined in a lot of my hobbies and done a lot of my activities with me. So can, I was like, okay. Can I'll, either I'll one of you elaborate? Because I have no idea Roblox what you're Roblox isn't about. one game. Roblox is a collection of games. And a lot of the content on it is paid. And uh, there's okay. lots of microtransactions in Roblox. I see. Yeah. Um, and they've gotten in a lot of trouble because a lot of the content in the game is actually made by the honestly the kids. It's, it's a very it's, it's a very kid focused game. Kids play this game, and a lot of the content in the game is actually made by by the kids. And um, so like a lot of these kids will make the content, and then the game company will be like, oh, we're gonna sell this I don't know this game that this kid made. We're gonna sell it for like fifteen bucks, but um, the kid <sighs> maybe gets like fifty cents. Even Sounds though they spent, like, yeah, the I big know, thing about Roblox spent, like, maybe like forty hours making it. The big thing about Roblox is a little bit more entertaining. Is um, they had a famous sound in the game. It was oof when someone got hit. They made an oof sound. Did mm. you watch that video? Maybe they they took the sound from another game without getting yes. permission and have been involved in a very expensive lawsuit. Um, yes. I heard about, the old I heard about game that, they yeah. took it from was Messiah. For, and I played that game back in the early 2000s. So, okay, I, I need to send you a video, Brian, about that, okay? Because H Bomber Guy did a video on the sound thing. And I, I don't think it came from Messiah. I think the sound came from something before Messiah, if I remember the video correctly. Really? It's a long, it's a long story. I'll send you the video. The guy who did Messiah, so the guy who's like freaking out about the sound thing, he's an asshole. He's a he's a piece of shit. So I'll send you the video. It's really he did a whole deep dive. It was cool. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. All right, so um, yeah, that's our nerdy things. Um, moving and on the to episode. voting. Um, David, you had strategic con. Oh, that's yep. good. Stole this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, uh, David, you go first. Oh, I'm going to be diplomatic. I'm going to give both, each of you two of mine. So, All right. But you get... Oh, okay. okay, okay. There, we each get Sorry, four. We get four. That's um, right. Stolas? Um, okay, Brian. I, I love how nerdy that you got, you got about um, Minecraft, but I'm going to have to give three to David because, I mean, come on, Strategic Con is so cool. And he did, like, the super nerdy, like, historic gaming thing. That's dope. And I'll give one to you, Brian, because I do, I do appreciate the nerdy gaming. Well, for my votes, there is a very special consideration mm. because Stolas, you not only get all four of my widgets because wow. your your scientific and nerdy passions are beyond nerdy in my opinion. <laughs> you also get a bonus widget that has never been given out on the podcast before. What? Oh no! And this widget new rules. is called the bucket widget because in your description of your nerdy thing, you use the word bucket twenty three times. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, he made a new rule. Oh, no. Oh, it's a very specific rule. Mm. Now you can, you can get a budget bucket time. widget if you say bucket more than 23 times in the description <laughs> of your nerdy thing in context. The rules 
fan. Well, don't make me kick the bucket now. <laughs> <laughs> David had one, now two. Ha ha. Uh, I guess. I guess I. I guess I'm the. Wiener. It's on my bucket list now. I will have that record. I'm the wiener. <laughs> no, because when I actually start doing the mushroom cultivating bucket, I'm sure I'm going to say the word bucket a lot. If you re-listen to this episode, you will hear me trying to get you to say it more. <laughs> I picked up on it. We I, I messaged, why I was laughing I messaged so David the bucket count that he was just cracking up for the rest <laughs> of the conversation. I couldn't stop myself at that point. <laughs> you know, people in the future are going to come back and like listen to our podcast and be like, oh, you got the bucket widget. We were like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> we're not going to remember the bucket widget. It's probably uh, going to come up. Might... Or we'll use the bucket widget for something else. <laughs> Yep. I don't know. We got a lot of in-jokes, you know, like ghost nickels. You know what your widgets will arrive in this week? A, a bucket widget. No, a case in okay. uh, that's covered in lead. It, it has nothing to do with bucket. I don't know why you would say that. We're going to move uh, on now. Um, I, I hate you so much. <laughs> well, I mean, the lead is from lead-lined buckets, so... I appreciate, I appreciate the victory, though. Speaking of segues... <laughs> What? You really need to turn, work with Segway class. Speaking of Segway. Well, you know, a Segway is a vehicle that you use to move on, and we're going to be moving on to our topic. Let's just put wow. that in a bucket and throw in the ocean, man. So, I think a good idea yes. for a topic, since this is one of those episodes where we, we kind of like have a little topic by committee oh that'll be the title oh um, God. all right unusual hobbies i mean right. we had a good that'll let us that'll let us tie that into the nerdy thing content and sure yeah 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 i'd um, be more than happy to talk about my extensive knowledge of civil war era miniatures gaming yeah that i like my big one i would love to do and i would even put this for the next episode but i think it's an episode we all have to prep for is history because mm. mm. i really enjoy history especially biographical history Mm. Um, I, but like, if we were forced to talk about it today, I would just be like, I read about Napoleon's strategies once. I don't remember what they were. Mm. So I'd need to do a little bit of research to get back in that. Right. Uh, most of my knowledge is in, in battle tactics and stuff like that is based around. So I've actually read books on civil war tactics and maneuvers and histories and theories. And wasn't the first use of warfare, but. I think guerrilla warfare was the thing that won it, right? You cut out. I only got the last like third of whatever you I, were talking about. Well, I remember in school with the Civil War, mm -hmm. kids are basically taught the reason why they won is because they used guerrilla warfare, and the and the British only fought in lines. And it's like, no, no, that's not true. Wrong but, war. You're, you're thinking War of Independence. Oh, I'm thinking War of Independence. Sorry, my ADHD. Uh, that that'll be my excuse okay. for everything. Civil War. Okay. Civil War was mostly resource right was mostly it supply was line main, stuff and it was started mostly over resources and the use of natural resources and representation in the government no i don't mean the, the motivation of the war i meant the strategy was oh yeah strategy was mostly based around yeah. resources it was also around stopping enemy movements so you want to take out transportation hubs so the major cities were always big railroad yeah. hubs uh, also the big waterways, the Mississippi was a huge waterway. So the war in the, the war in the West was for control over the Mississippi because that would break the, the break the Confederacy in half if they couldn't ship things across up and down the river. Oh, Civil War tactics is a fun conversation. I'm glad I brought up strange hobbies. Oh yeah. 
I, I read oh, a yeah. book. I, so my, my strange hobby connected to this is I like to read unusual nonfiction books about mm. very inane subjects. And I read a book called The History of Salt, which is a big, thick book on the I history of salt from the beginning of... Yeah, and I did it as an early thing, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, there's three chapters on the Civil War in that book because up until a certain time, all wars involve salt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah, because it, it was, was the only way to it preserve was, food. It was the only way to preserve food. Wait, I don't know. It couldn't be the only way because there were also like, there's fermentation and pickling. That's been around for a while. Wait, Which involves salt. You need salt Which to do that. Which all yes, involves right. no, salt. that does involve salt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, the refrigeration <laughs> changed that a lot. But, right. I mean... And yeah. the salt is still very important, but it used to be like precious, like really, really yeah. precious. Yeah, but with the invention yeah, of the you'd railroads, be like, you'd be and like necessary to survival. With yeah. the invention of the railroads and being able to move ice and keep ice cold and off years and stuff, refrigeration became a real thing, and the salt salt was no longer the driving force behind keeping an army fed. Okay, makes sense. Uh, the the Civil War was a gigantic war of resources. An army marches on its stomach, as has been shown True. several times. And yeah, no, that's yeah, that's one of the it's one of the reasons the South started losing as badly as it did at the end was they could no longer afford to pay and feed their soldiers. So when they run out of food, you run out of motivation to keep fighting. Or, There's an know, old story. The ability to fight at all, like if you yeah. can't. If you can't have the energy to fight, you're gonna, you're not gonna win. There's an old story when it comes to salt, um, where um, they say that the Romans used to use salt as currency. They paid their soldiers in a stipend of salt, but usually it was salt and other commodities. Like they would pay them yeah. salt, which was very valuable, but they also might pay them in grain, and you know because currency wasn't just currency um and salt being used as a payment exists in a lot of cultures going back um yeah but yeah salt was the only way to preserve food so it was like vital for civilization no there were there were times in history when salt was worth its weight in gold yeah yeah the things you learn the more you know there was sugar i know sugar was pretty was pretty um popular when it was discovered um Expensive, like a, it was like, um, what do they consider that a spice, right? Like sugar is yeah. considered a spice. Yeah. Um, and spice trade was always a big deal where salt was an essential. Like your, your, um, your you civilization would without die it. without it. Yeah. yeah. You can't live without it. Yeah. I mean, you need food to preserve too. There's, there's also that. And seasoning is important. Seasoning was also essential because um, sometimes you had to season food that didn't taste good because Just preservation wasn't always, yeah. So um, that was good too. I mean, that was what ketchup was for when ketchup was new, was basically putting it on bad food so you didn't taste the spoiledness of it. Kind of what it's for now, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't sound much different than what people use ketchup for today. It's pretty much what it's for now, man. It's an overpowering flavor that, that will actually give whatever you're tasting that either has no flavor or doesn't taste very good something I else mean, to taste like. To be fair, covering anything in like a salty, sugary like paste will make it taste good. doesn't matter what you're eating. Yeah. So I'm... I'm going to go next because I know Stolas has a lot of non-conventional hobbies and will take over the no, conversation. So I'm going to go next because I don't have a lot of non-conventional hobbies. I disagree, but okay. Oh, oh, I want to hear before I share. No, 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 continue. Um, I, I juggle. Yeah, and that's a non-traditional hobby. Yeah. That's yeah. very weird, yeah. 
I mean, there's a lot of us, but um, there, yeah. I mean, we have a juggling club here. There was a juggling club that I went to back in California. A lot of weirdos everywhere. Yeah. Um, clouding was a big deal back in New York because of Barnum and Bailey. Mm. Yeah. They, you know, still, still meet up with the clowns sometimes, terrorize the neighborhood. It <laughs> was a like joke, everybody. I don't like clowns very much. They hear me. No, well, I mean ever since those juggalos moved in next door. <laughs> oh my god! I was when on. I was a kid in elementary school in New York. Um, Barnum and Bailey, um, well, a group associated with Barnum and Bailey would come out and teach circus arts. They'd take over PE for a few months, and we would do circus arts. And then you can continue to do it after school. And I learned how to ride a unicycle and juggle and stuff. Out wow. of all the skills, I only know how to juggle anymore. I, I probably could learn how to ride a unicycle again. Um, or See, my you know, Wobble bar See, stuff. My, my middle school had the army come out and teach us how to march. You know, they teach us the <laughs> telepathic communication between clowns so we can terrorize neighborhoods and mm. stand outside of doors of people that are home, of are chlorophobic and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so when David made the joke about juggalos, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I used to be a juggalo. I was super into ICP. <laughs> I like ICB. I listen to I, ICB. I think Cherry Pie is one of my favorite jogging I songs. ICP, which is P. ICP. Isn't that what I said? You said B. ICB. ICP. Yeah. I Cherry Pie is a song by that band. ICBM. ICB. Insane Clown Posse. This is, I have this. a lisp, folks, and sometimes my my P's sound like B's. I know, I'm just fucking with you. But this this <laughs> okay, is Brian. what going bad feels like. <laughs> okay, Brian. What else is your what other um, non-conventional hobbies do you have? I really like ICP, and I think that's a non-conventional hobby. <laughs> Indeed, it is. Because when a lot of people find out I like ICP, they're very surprised. Um, I don't really, I'm not into the Juggalo thing. I think Juggalos are weird. Um, they are. Maybe a little I sad. Sorry weird. if I'm alienating anybody who's hearing that. Um, I had a friend that, I, well, I knew a person that I worked with who was a Juggalo, and I ran into them in public in their Juggalo costume, and they just have this look of shame. <laughs> so, you know, please don't come for me if, if I'm, I'm alienating you. Um, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I really like the song Cherry Pie. I listen to it when I run and sometimes put it on in the car to hype myself up. Um, it I, is a fun song. I also like Happy, Happy, Happy. I don't know if that's the name of the song. It might not be. I don't know. Are those your only unconventional hobbies, Brian? Oh, I'm sure I have more. David was going to be like, I disagree, and I'm going to share some. And I want to know, because I can't think. I didn't say anything about sharing some. I just said I disagree. And then you... uh... I don't I think agree. I have that many. I, yeah. I I collect hobbies throughout my life, so the chance for me. I don't think I have a lot of. I don't them. think I have a lot of nerdy hobbies either. But they're well, nerdy I have well, lots apparently. of nerdy hobbies. I'm trying to think of like obscure ones. Like juggling isn't like common. Okay. Um, um I'm a Ren Faire reenactor. Yeah. Unconventional hobby. Um, yeah. I mean, the beekeeping yeah, pretty, and the mushroom yeah, farming and researching stuff like that, oh, definitely. That's what I made know, me think I of it. Um, oh, what do I do? Um, oh, no. There are things. Oh, you know, the magic. Yeah, I did the magic for a while. Mm. Like the tricks where you make things disappear and stuff. Here, I can do that. I We have video. So, listeners, you're not going to be able to see, but you can imagine that what? I'm holding a USB drive in my hand. It's... A normal USB drive. There's no editing here. Um, it, I mean, it has like a metallic feel to it. It, it is, um, it's fragile though. It, 
you know. Whoa, where'd it go? You made it disappear. What was weird was there was like a crunching sound when I was squeezing my empty hand, and I was like, what just happened? (laughs) 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 And it was in your ear the whole time. Ah! Ah! Witch! Witch! Uh, Stolas, I'm sure David and I will think of more. Summon Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Is it my turn now? Is that yeah. what we're saying? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I'm being warned that my connection might drop where I'm driving at. So okay. if, I, if I drop out randomly, I apologize. Nobody expects the Spanish <laughs> substandard connection <laughs> what we're what we're gonna hear is okay i've been practicing this hobby for a few weeks now and it's really interesting it's changed my life and <laughs> <laughs> so um obviously as as we mentioned before i mean is this really that unstandard like getting into like like homesteading stuff and like about those things like is that really that weird because i mean no it's not doing these things for like okay. for like Decade. We're not like talking century. about things that are weird. We're talking about things that are unusual, not common. I don't mean any non- negative connotation with the word unusual. It's okay, just... Well. And maybe you feel a little different. You know, like, if you're part of a huge community, you might not feel like it's that unusual, but, it, like, you talk to someone in the common community, it's like, oh, yeah, never heard of anybody doing that before. That's quite interesting. Okay, so I won't include gardening, because a lot of people do that one. But, yeah, I would definitely say, like, you know, researching into things like beekeeping and mushroom Mushrooms, cultivation. Yeah. That's definitely a very, yeah, that's definitely yeah. a and the um, beekeeping community is huge and it's also an industry so it's like yeah, yeah but still it's like by as a consumer it's like a beehive a beehive in the backyard might be like oh wow that's cool i mm. found out my city allows beehives in the backyard a lot of cities don't but mine does i think ours is one of those because of how the benefits to the community yeah that's that's one of the that's one of the reasons why it was a law was passed kind of recently like maybe two years ago allowing it because of the benefit it is to the community i think we even have uh you can put them on public land oh that's neat actually okay yeah. that's cool so, you okay. have to like you have to get a you have to get paperwork but i mean you can do that when i was reading though some of the some of the the um the zoning laws in oregon brian man there were some really weird things about beehives and especially in like rural or rural areas that I thought was a little weird, but I won't get into that. Um, I guess that's another weird hobby, looking up zoning law. Oregon's complicated because it's three different states. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. I have no idea what that means. It's sort of like California, how California has different islands of people. It's oh, you mean there's Southern California and the rest of the weirdos? Oh, there's Southern California, there's Northern California, there's the Central Valley, there's Jefferson. Like I said, there's Southern California yeah. and there's the rest of yeah, the weirdos? So like, yeah, yeah. No, he's right, he's right, though. There are parts of Oregon that are super rural and agriculture based so like their zoning laws are like nothing compared to like the portland area yeah and i get that and i understand some of the towns around salem are very different than portland and and, and they're not even that far away yeah no yeah the zoning laws get very different it's it's a lot of the tiny house communities are near Salem or near the um, Eugene. Well, Eugene's not far from the border, so yeah, I've driven through. The, I've driven through Eugene once. Well, yeah, twice technically. Once north, the other south. But I, I, I've been thinking about talking about stuff like this on the show for a while because Stolas, who in the past has been like, 
I'm into ant breeding and keeping ant farms. And I'm just like, that's really cool. And I remember Stolas's field trip to um, Joshua Tree. Unconventional hobbies. I own lots and lots of plastic miniatures and I enjoy painting them. (laughs) I think that's neat. I, 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 and it's starting to become mainstream and that's even cool. That's cool too. Never a bad thing. I mean, I was into it before it was cool. Oh, we lost Stolas. So I brought up the topic because of Stolas and we mm. lost Stolas. So I, I mean, we're going to be going. That's how that goes. We're, I think we'll do a 15 minute bonus episode because this is sure. an open topic and we meander. Um, <laughs> but I, so trying to think of what our hobbies are unusual is hard because they're, the norm for us yeah i mean but do you know people who have unusual hobbies like i know people who play disc golf which they probably consider normal and it's but you know some my, I, I talk to people who've never heard of it before no, i have my, a set of discs my so dad, i can go disc golfing with friends who invite me my dad plays disc golf yeah um i mean there's all kind of all kinds it's it's one of those things of every little tiny hobby that someone can conceivably has there's a niche for it somewhere yeah there's a group of people somewhere that is in love with it just as much as everybody is what are some that you think are really interesting i mean i like i have a friend of mine that is obsessed with ping pong and there's an entire world you're back yeah Uh, we were just talking about um yeah, ping like, pong as a hobby yeah um, there's there's an entire world of people that you know there's an entire world series of ping pong oh my it's god an Olympic guys, sport, i can't stop that? you guys right now i gotta tell you guys something exciting okay okay so this is crazy because it's so cow right now where we're driving we are driving through snow there is no in southern california guys we're driving through snow you're driving through snow is it is it is it accumulating or are you seeing flurries no there's there's snowflakes. There, the ground outside is like starting to get covered in like little piles of white stuff. There, there is snow. Would you be able to fill a container with the snow, or is it probably just... not? No, no, probably not. I mean, maybe in a couple hours. Like if I put a container out, maybe. I mean, it was it was raining cats and dogs out here. It's, it's slackened off now. But... So cool, guys. It's Snow and you have out. to be careful in the snow in places where it doesn't snow because the ice communica- can communicate really quick. Uh, yep. cumul- yeah. Cumulate, cumul- accumulate, accumulate really quick, and then you could you 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 don't want to um, have an accident and kick the bucket. My partner is laughing at how excited I am right now. I am getting real hyped with snow. <laughs> I have I'm driven no through the snow in Southern snow. California before, and I can tell you it's it's exciting. Uh, I am no I mean, guys. And a little terrifying. Well, I mean, I did it once on a bench, but I haven't had to drive in snow with bucket seats. Do you mind well, sharing a, the area of Southern California that you're driving through? Uh, we're in like the Riverside-ish area. Mm. Oh, we're you're in, up, I'll I'll have to call my, you're mom up on my mom's house. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we're in Moreno Valley. Oh, you know, it's funny. When I was in Mexico, when I went ziplining, there was a family from Moreno Valley there. Okay, so I guess I'll continue my hobbies. Sure, go ahead. So, um, obviously, everyone knows I'm a big um, mini nerd. I do the 40Ks. Um, what is, uh, what you know... We've had some new listeners here and there. What is the 40Ks, just for people who may not know? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So Warhammer 40K is a miniature war game. Um, Basically, you build and you paint little models, and um, where the game is set is in the 41st millennium. That's why it's called Warhammer 40K. So it's in the far, far future. And basically... 
imagine super turbo fascist land where everything is bad and everyone is terrible and everyone is awful and there are no good guys and you get to pick one of the armies of the bad guys and there are lots of different factions and races and other stuff you can play as there's orcs there's aetherian and aliens there's there's space elves there's space orcs there's giant space bugs is it true that the least um, the least despicable race to play in that game is the orcs what do you mean technically yeah because yeah. so okay, because so the orcs are a they're basically borderline mindless. They don't have like any kind of moral philosophy. Basically, their whole thing is they they were built and bred to just fight. That's it. That's all they do. They just fight. so they're they not have, like, moral, but they're like amoral. Oh, have like a moral. Yeah, yeah. They don't have like an ethical like I You're... love murder because it makes me happy. No, it's it's built into their genetic code to fight. So they're not like they don't have like an ethics that tells them like murder is fun. It's just it's what they do. Okay, David wants to chime in. David wants to chime in. You and I eating what? I'm saying their basic unit in a world in, in a universe where guns and hovering tanks and energy weapons are a thing. Their basic unit charges you with axes. Yeah, I. But they're. I mean, like in a game where everyone sucks, they don't. They they suck they the least. Suck the out least. Of all of the factions. It's not saying much, but sure. If you want to play the one at only like good air quote race you'd want to play the the um the tau the tau are the only race that actually have a good ethic system which is known as the greater good basically they are they're trying to do whatever is the greater good so they're the only race that actually has a positive now by the greater good that that's the kind of thing that fascists say. Yeah, I have no idea what what Stolas is talking about. I play Space Marines because they're fun, and I, <laughs> them. I don't care I about the. Eth- the ta- I would say the Tower are a lot closer to like Soviet Russia. Oh, okay, okay. So, so like, yeah, I mean, still, so, you know, not, so who's the best? Who's the best faction then? It depends I mean, on what well, you like to play. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I want to know your like opinion. Who's the best faction? I- I've been playing the the Sisters of Battle recently, and I find. Didn't you used to play the like fungus gross? I used to play the Death Guard, which were basically basically um, goofy, gross undead guys in in Power Armor. And David, you've already shared Space Marines. Yeah, my army. I have a Space Marine army. Okay. He's he's a generic lame boy. How dare you? (laughs) All the all the generic lame wads play Space Marines. I play the Okay. See, they jest with each other because they're friends, but, you know, <laughs> in reality, if you hear this at a game shop, these are usually toxic people and you should stay away from them, but with, with Stolas and David, they're just, they're just fine. Oh, not- yeah, I don't care. Play whatever, play, play whatever you want to play, guys, but I will crush you with my, with my power. Bit. Okay, bring it. Oh, we should play. That would be so fun. Yeah. Um... My uh, my 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 legion will uh, will happily uh, trounce all over your battle angels. What is another like obscure hobby of mine? I mean, I have well... people who are really into board games to the point where they start making their own, like cutting out little cardboard hexes and making making figurines and and doing theory crafting to come up with rules. I think that's a pretty interesting hobby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for someone who's done like private tabletop rpg development i understand that because you know it 
connect. But I think when you connect arts and craft and like rule creating together, it's just yeah. a neat little thing. I actually looked for a copy of my rules of my army men game and I couldn't find a set, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we talked about that not that long ago, huh? Yeah, I actually went back and looked if I still had a copy of it somewhere. I couldn't find one. So I didn't find a whole bunch of my old army men though. <laughs> I I was looking around after we talked about that and it was like there were some tabletop role playing games that where you played army men and some war mm. games that involved you actually like bought the plastic army men and there were rules for playing it. Yep, yep. I had a whole bunch of stuff and I was like I want to make a game out of these. I know, I'll just make a game. I would love to play like a meta style game where you're playing like the army men and you're like the battlefield is like a kid's room. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind that of what mine was. That would be really but... fun. Oh, that uh, was so fun. Someone made a miniatures game where you use the three and a half inch G.I. Joe figures and you're actually playing as whatever figure you're, you've oh! got. Wasn't okay, there an RTS cool. with Army Men? Uh, there was a uh, um, Nintendo uh, Nintendo sixty four had Green yeah. Army Men, the video yeah, game. Did. Yeah, and it was exactly the kind of game you're talking about, Brian. You would yep. play in like in like kids' game rooms or out in the backyard. Yep. Um, anybody um, here played that new forty k video game? Uh, which one? Dark something? No, I haven't played Dark that. Tide? One. Dark, Tide. Dark Tide. Yeah, I did. I played it. Is it good? It was fun for the first few weeks, but then it got pretty repetitive, I'm not going to lie. Um, but it was fun. It was very fun. The music for that game is, oh my god, amazing music. They referenced it, it, it on South Park last week. Brian, you would like the music a lot. It was. It's a combination of like opera and industrial. Nice. That sounds cool. I Yeah, it's really good music. I still play the Quake music every once in a while. Nice. Uh, the one I'm looking forward to, they're developing a uh, Starship Troopers first-person cooperative shooter. Um, The, the 40k game I want to get into when it comes out is I want to get into, uh, I really want to play um, Rogue Trader. That sounds really fun. What are some unusual hobbies that people get really into that that like we've dabbled in like for me i've done a little cosplay yeah um philatelling stamp collecting okay thank you <laughs> uh, i'm not gonna partner. make the joke it's an old joke but <laughs> so my a little eyebrow raise in the car and they wanted to they, their input to to like a hobby that people get super crazy into that you wouldn't expect in mm. the game the sims oh yeah yeah oh yeah i i got a little into that i did the thing where you make all your friends and family in it and see what they'll do oh i think they've spent over like seven hundred dollars on like spin packs and things like that god damn all right yeah apparently there's a lot of money you can put into spin. oh they're saying more than 700 yeah i i mean that's fine i've spent more than that on pathfinder D mm. D and other games over the years i don't want to say how much i've spent on gotcha games too much i should stop playing them what are gotcha games like like uh the mobile games where like where they're like gotcha. oh where they you pay the money to get like to get the power up stuff and yeah i almost did it i so a lot meh this would have been I think, 2014 2015 i spent a ludicrous amount of money on the <laughs> afk simpsons game and oh. caught myself and went this is stupid. Paid off the debt and never played one of those games again. Smart. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I did the same thing during um, COVID shutdown. I spent a lot of money in a game called Dragon Raja. Um, it was like a Korean MMO kind of mobile game. And uh, yeah, I did the same thing. I spent a dumb amount of money, and I went, I should stop. <laughs> um, 
in in um in celebration of the um getting snowed in for two days i played a game i hadn't played in a long time it was a game i'd hid on my steam because it was a problematic game for me but i figured i'd be okay to play it for a little bit during the snow i played some slay of the spire i played it for like an hour nice but games like that are problematic for me mostly because i'll they're the kind of game that I open the game and then look at the clock and six hours have gone by. Um, yeah, All right, so let's go ahead and say goodbye if you have to get going. Okay, everybody, I have to go. I am where I need to be, and I need to go get some food and hang out with my partner. So, bye, everyone. It's been yeah, a really thank you for being here. I, it, it, bye. It's, I, I love having you, even if you're on a phone. It's cool. Yep. Till next time. Yeah. Okay, bye, guys. Every time Stolas is here, they fill my heart like a bucket full of sunshine. <laughs> uh, so listeners, yeah, yeah, we had a little fun with Stolas in this episode with the bucket count. Um, their fault. They on, said bucket like 22 times. I kept on messing. Oh, you noticed it too, huh? Oh, yeah. That's why I was I dying slowly. David, I messaged it, David. It was like, stop. bucket count, 22, and then he's just... <laughs> Crack it up. I just couldn't stop. Ugh. Oh, that was fun. Ugh, that was I, I'm glad. I'm glad that I managed to bring some sunshine into your life. <laughs> just like Stolas does with his buckets full of it. Or their buckets full of it. Sorry, I ruin it. I ruin yeah, everything. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, that's your bucket to carry. That's your I, bucket to carry. Well, the screen is not there anymore, so I don't have my pronoun indicators. I. Yeah. It's, I do have to say, I'll talk about it more in the bonus episode, but my mm. ADHD is not good with pronouns. I'm, mm. I, I, I've been trying so hard because I respect people's choice to have them, and yet I, I can consciously do it, but then I keep slipping back to the one that I'm used to. If I meet someone with they pronoun, I'm usually okay. Yeah. Oh, it really bothers me. It's I, like it definitely has something to do with just how long you've known them. I have the issue with turning off lights, too. Like, mm. I leave lights on in rooms, and it, 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 the second someone goes, you left the light on, I go, oh, my God, I had no... I can't believe I did that. Like, oh, right, I wasn't even thinking about it. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll get my meds adjusted, and then I'll just call everyone they pronouns. Yeah, there you go. There you <laughs> and go. And correct myself. Um, and just go the other way and make everybody a they. Then you don't have to worry about it. Um. So, um. yeah, I, I just want to be respectful and, and, and respect people's choices. It's hard for me to remember. Well, 100%, I get you. Yeah. And it's, you know, the conscious effort. That's the, that's the you know. Yeah. Um. So we were talking about people's other people's hobbies that we think are a little a, a little um um unusual that yeah. were interesting ping I mean, pong right I just, I yeah I know, I know somebody that plays ping pong a lot and they're like huge into it and i mean i know another guy that collects tennis shoes like sneakers that's that's his entire world my his fucking sneakers that um the i i think I thought they were called sneakerheads, and I mentioned that to my uncle, and my uncle goes, don't call it that. Yeah, don't. <laughs> nope. But yeah, he goes, he does it, uh, he goes through the whole secondary market. He buys and sells and trades and always trying to get, uh, you know, that, the the next best shoe, the next the next cooler thing. Erica has a really good friend who um, does the Tuesday morning toy store Mm. open you know um get there before they open and get the pop figures before they mm -hmm. go to everybody oh, yeah. you know make friends with the manager and you can get on before they go on the shelf and stuff like that 
Yeah. Uh, I, I got a buddy of mine that uh, goes to Frankenstein's all the time and actually plays the secondary market for magic cards. I was going to mention he'll buy, a box of boot, he'll buy a box of boosters and sit there all day and see what he can get for the cards he gets out of it. I used to go to Frankenstein's when I was in high school. Um, uh, this uh, friend of mine would pick me up. We'd go to Frankenstein's, crack a dawn. Mm-hmm. We'd go in, get boxes and boxes and boxes of boosters, mm-hmm. open them all, um, separate them out, put them in sleeves, put prices on them, and then go to the tournament. And then, they, so yeah, that's behind the scenes of the people who sell cards at like tournaments and cons oh. and stuff is they're, they've been up at the crack of dawn and they're sitting in a Del Taco separating, separating out cards yep. because that's what we did. We'd go to like Denny's or Del Taco and we'd just oh, yeah. sit there. Well, I've been very lucky when blind box pulling it. So like I played a uh, hero clicks for a while and he'd buy a box and it have five figures in it. And they were varying figures, depending rarity and power levels and stuff. They were random. So I cracked a box open once and got two of the set chase rares. <laughs> Does um, hero clicks have draft play? Yes, they do. Oh, that's cool. That'd be fun. Yeah, one of the tournament styles is draft. You show up, you get a box, and you have to make... You get, uh, you get three boxes, and you get to pick two from each box or something like that and pass it on. Um, I was going to share this. I thought it was kind of crazy. Um, So Heather and I have been watching... Like I mentioned before, we watch Minecraft YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Somebody made in one of the servers we watch... It's called Hermitcraft. And one of the people who play on it made a collectible card game. Oh, wow. In Minecraft... That's crazy. By making pixel art custom maps of every hermit on Hermitcraft. Wow. And they used a modification of the Pokemon rules. It took them an entire year to make the game. Mm. Someone else then made an automated arena to automate the game. Oh, wow. And they're like trading cards and they're playing it. And um, this has been going on for about three weeks now since the game went live. And it's like watching people play like Hearthstone or Magic. Nice. I'm like, I'm just so impressed that somebody made this game. Well, I've been talking to people about it and people are like, that's incredible that this person put so much effort into that. I can't believe they did that. Um, That just seems like so much effort. And I went, I think it's incredible that they did it in 10 months. You know how long it makes it takes to develop a card game? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think they did it in 10 months. I think they'd been planning it for a year before mm-hmm. they started. Um, uh, Secret time? Secret time? I don't know how to play the Pokemon card game. Never played it. I know I what the cards either. look like, I but just, I don't know how to play it. I just know they based it on the Pokemon card game. I, oh, okay. I've watched right. enough of these videos that I know how to make play the Minecraft Hermitcraft card game. Oh, okay. Like um, I've I, I I've seen enough Yu-Gi-Oh played where I kinda get it, but I've never even attempted to play Pokemon. I looked at the cards. I've owned some cards, but I've never played the game. I've watched Lee play once. I have some Pokemon cards, but I understand the rules are pretty simple and you could watch one game and learn how to play it. I I understand that. I'm sure. Um, But one of the things I think that's neat about how this has taken off is somebody... So the game went live about three weeks ago. Somebody's already programmed a version of it that you can play online. That's funny. Yeah, and people are talking about printing the game. Oh, that's funny. Unlike most TCGs you play on the computer, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have any RNG other than coin flips. Nice, okay. So it's kind of incredible that... The, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed that somebody did this. I think this is more impressive than building a working computer in Minecraft. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, the, I, it just blows my mind. I do have to say, though, 
we're sick of watching people play it. <laughs> yeah. Fair. And it, it's one of those things that you wouldn't be able to like go into a Minecraft server and play because they built this on their private server. They built mm -hmm. it in survival Minecraft. They built it in the oh, version wow. of the game where there's monsters trying to kill you. Oh, they wow. didn't that's build crazy. it in creative. Somebody even said how that's insane that they built it without using any mods or custom resource packs Mm -hmm. or anything they ended up doing like a custom texture pack though to make the decks of cards look like decks of cards makes sense um and because they're all using pixel art maps mm -hmm. so the map bot icons is just a picture of a map and they they added custom textures so you could see which gotcha. card the card was before you picked it up and looked at it gotcha but yeah it's crazy yeah, the the amount of pixel art that guy did. Um, the okay. Oh, since we're a podcast and I have to credit people, mm. Vintage Beef is the YouTuber who did. That. Okay, very nice, very nice. And, and this was a YouTuber who was also already had done big deal pixel art projects in the past. Neat. Yeah, yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, thank you for talking to me about that. Being that you have no interest in Minecraft, but I thought <laughs> it might give you a little bit of vague interest. Yeah, no, that's it's very a niche cool. Part of the game. I dig it. It's kind of neat. It's crazy that the amount of crap that you can do in that game is insane. I just, I don't have the patience for it. I'll have to send you the um, the YouTube video of someone who'd never played Roblox before playing Roblox because I had no knowledge of Roblox until I watched that I've video. This seriously week? never even fucking heard of it. So, so I watched this video and the person kept saying, is this Roblox? Are we playing the game? Is this, is this a Roblox? Are we playing a Roblox? Is this what Roblox is? <laughs> wow. Over All right. and over through the whole video. Because because they thought it was like one game mm -hmm. where it was just a big list of games where some were free and some cost real money. Mm, I see. Okay. And I, I mean, there were horror games. There, yeah. I, I got you. Roblox was like a sandboxy game like Minecraft. I didn't know it was like a mm. big app store of games. Makes but sense. I guess Minecraft, if you play the PC version is a big app store of games like there's all huh? sorts of custom maps you can pay for and stuff true true yeah um do you know anyone who does like um code developing or does any of the like macro stuff or um not anyone specifically yeah, i used I mean, to work with a guy who used to like to write little uh, macro codes and automate everything yeah no the people i know that code that do code stuff i'll move to colorado i haven't talked to him in years yeah i i met one i used to work with a guy who would i would be be like I want to have an alarm go off when I um, I want to have an alarm go off when I walk to this certain room in a building to remind me to have this thing or you know mm -hmm. like if I leave my office and they were like oh yeah no problem I can code that for you <laughs> yeah. and would write me an app and then I can install the app on my phone <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about coding. It's one of the things I kind of wish I had actually studied more when I was going to school, but I like I like focusing on the hardware side more. My dad did marketry. Have you ever heard of marketry? No, I can't say I have. It's an art form where you use little plates of wood and you can create like little paintings uh, by hmm. by using different colors of wood. Interesting. And it's wood cutting layout artwork and he did like a neat he, he he did a bunch of those um there's a lady who lives in san francisco who has one of his pieces and that's how mm. i'd seen it because he did all that before i was oh, before wow. i had memories so i uh, was visiting my mom's friend and was like she was like i need to show you something your dad wow. did that that was that's like cool. wow my dad was really talented <laughs> that's cool uh my ex got me into archery oh cool yeah we'd go to the uh um el dorado park has uh, el dorado 
Colorado Regional Park has a uh, has an archery range, and on weekends they do a uh, open to the public class where they let people come in and shoot bows. It's fun. I don't know El Dorado. I know um, that's the regional park on the east side of Long Beach, of uh, Long Beach, oh, okay. and Lakewood. Yeah, Balboa Park has one. I'd, yeah. I'd been to that one before because yeah. that was the only one I knew of for a while. There's some out here. Most of the ranges are indoor ranges. Mm. There's a couple of those out in the valley as well, but the the I didn't even realize it was a a, a thing to do around here until my ex got me into it. I was like, all right, that's kind of fun. So I'm gonna end this episode, but I'm gonna cumul- accumulate it with this. Isn't it funny that we were talking about unusual hobbies and unusual like things, and we're doing this on a podcast? Yep. <laughs> oh, the irony. And uh, you know, like um, I mentioned casual craft earlier. I I just was on there this morning, and I name dropped our podcast. I well. I didn't name drop a podcast. I just said, I got to go because I'm podcasting. And they were like, drop the name. And I was like, okay, great. Oh, okay, sweet. Um, so if if you are Ooh. listening and I don't remember your name because I met you for the first time this morning, thank you. Um, and thank you, David, for being here. Oh, um, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. I, you know what? I think I'm going to do no topic for the next six episodes. <laughs> anyway, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay in the bucket. <laughs> Say bucket, Brian. Brian, bucket. Ah, uh, bucket. <laughs> Show. We're the Jitter Beans. We're the Jitter Beans. We're the Jitter Beans.